Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. On today's episode, I am chatting with Kate Horlow. Kate has been a natural healing practitioner and spiritual well being coach since 1998, specializing in herbal medicine, aromatherapy, and intuitive healing. Above all else, Kate loves to help women find a way to put themselves first. She has so many beautiful offers as well as a gorgeous organic tea company. Kate joins me to talk about her journey into motherhood and her transitioning body image. When she was younger, she was very thin, but very unhappy. As she grew older, she developed a chronic condition, gained a lot of weight, and then was also sort of unhappy. And through motherhood, she got stretch marks and has learned to embrace what she calls her tiger stripes and has really stepped into beautiful self-love and self-acceptance. She does this for herself and for her teenage children. Join me as I chat with Kate about our bodies, ourselves, self-love, food, a whole lot about tea, motherhood, and so much more. My name is Katie Allen, and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Kate Warlow, all the way from the UK, um, which is super fun for me. So Kate, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody? Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. Hi, well, my name's Kate. I, um, I live in England. I'm in the far southwest corner of England, in a lovely county called Cornwall. Uh, three quarters of our coast of our border is, is basically coastline so I'm really lucky I'm like very close to the beach which I absolutely love I grew up down here as well um, I'm a herbalist and natural healing practitioner as well as a spiritual well-being coach um, and I um, specialize in herbal medicine and um, aromatherapy and also kind of energy healing um, and at the moment I have um my business is I create organic loose leaf herbal tea blends, which were designed mainly because I was having um, a bad parenting moment in the summer holidays a few years ago where I thought I was going to take my hair out and I needed something just to kind of just take the edge off and calm me down. So I created a tea blend. I just literally went to my herbal shelves and just took a pinch of the things, that I, different herbs that I knew would help, put them in the cup. I made a cup of tea out of it and the first sip I just felt oh my whole body just relaxed and I just calmed down I just think oh my god this is like bliss in the cup and then I was telling my friends about it I said, oh you should be you should sell these teas like they're amazing because I sent all samples and stuff so yeah so two years ago I set up my herbal tea company called time for me teas and I've got a subscription box coming out hopefully next month um and my goal really is to um help mothers in particular but they are suitable for everyone um to really take a moment for themselves because we often don't put ourselves first we are the giver we look at we, we look after our kids and our husbands and partners first and then we forget the self-care for ourselves so it was really i designed i call it time for me to really give yourself even just five or ten minutes a day to just sit down with a cup of really soothing herbal tea that's also really great for you as well um, and just um, put the to-do list away don't think about washing up in the sink or what you're going to have for dinner that, that night and just just take time to just uh, my, my tagline is uh, breathe be present recharge so it's giving yourself a moment to take a deep breath really get present in your body and just feel your just feel your center of your body and just feel yourself ground and just feel yourself really connected to your body um, to be really present in the moment and then by doing that and breathing deeply you then you're kind of resetting your brain and your nervous system to just calm down and by doing that the oxygen gets in the right place and you're able to focus better and then you know then okay from here I can now move forwards. I'm feeling calmer. I'm feeling more focused. I'm feeling more me. And yeah, that five minutes is all I needed. And if you can do it longer, fantastic. If you've only got five minutes, then that's enough just yeah. to, yeah, to kind of like rewire your nervous system just for a moment. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful 
act of self-care, but also as far as I'm concerned, that's an act of self-love in itself, right? Like actually saying, exactly. I, yeah. de- I deserve this time and prioritizing yes. your own well-being like that. That is, it's like self-love in a cup. Do you have a self-love blend? Because I feel like if you don't, you need to make I, Well, I kind of do. Um, okay. I've got a blend. I haven't, I'm hoping to launch it next month. I've okay. got a few coming out next month. Actually. And actually, this is one of the ones that's probably going to be in the description box. And it's actually got two names because it's kind of depending on which time of year I bought it out. But I did try it out last year. And it's one that is called, it's called Bestie, as in like best tea. <laughs> and then, but it's also, but it's also known as Tea Ammo, like, um, mm. like Tea Ammo. Yeah. Saying I love you. Yeah. It's called Tea Ammo. So that is my kind of like, I call it love in the cup. It's cute. Um, because it's got, like it's that. got rose in it and rose is absolutely, rose petals are amazing for self-love um and also there's um another blend um which my daughter created actually which is called amber's rose tea and that's got uh rose petals and lemon balm in it and that's a really brilliant one because the rose petals again is all about self-love self-acceptance mm-hmm. um seeing things in the world from a place of love so no judgment of yourself or others but then the lemon balm is really uplifting. It just helps to uplift your mood and makes you feel, it kind of brings more joy to you. Just You just mm-hmm. feel happier when you take it. It just helps, it really helps the nervous system. So it helps to calm you down, but also uplifts your mood as well. Yeah. And so my daughter created that because she's autistic um, and she's also um, identifies as being lesbian and pansexual, which is only 11. So um, that tea actually, we, we donate 50 pence for each tin of that tea to the um there's a, a charity in the uk called stonewall project and they go into schools and they help to combat bullying in schools for lgbtq plus kids um, and young adults and helps teach the teachers how to behave how to and then shows the other kids like how everyone is free to be themselves so when my daughter created this tea blend and she literally i went can i, can I create my own I went yeah go for it and she said oh, i want rose well perfect and then oh, I want lemon balm as well would that work together I said yes that'd be perfect together and so yeah so I actually saw that in my shop now as well but uh, that is a beautiful one for self-love as well because it really it just helps you to feel better in yourself mm-hmm. and it helps you to recognize that love for yourself when so many people find it so difficult to love themselves um and it also you know you love yourself first and they go well how do I do that I don't know how to do that mm-hmm. so this just helps on the emotional side the rose really helps to just kind of uplift your spirits but it really helps to kind of heal your heart at the same time it's a really good heart tonic so oh, yeah nice. so I've got I've got those two two blends that um I tend to promote for self-love but they're also ones obviously you give to other people for for to yeah. tell, show them how much you love them as well but yeah. but yeah, yeah. They're, they're the great they're the best ones that's gorgeous <laughs> so Kate I feel like we I love the work that you do I cannot wait to try your teas I've already sent some to a friend but I haven't tried them myself just yet um (laughs) and you know you're obviously you have a lot of passion behind what you do it came from a place of love and loving yourself Mm -hmm. and I feel like you could probably talk about tea to anybody for a very long period of time I just sort of get that feeling because you're so (laughs) passionate about it but today we want to hear about you right? So we want your story. This podcast, Self Love Ignited, is all about telling the stories of women just like you who have maybe come from a place of not liking themselves, not loving themselves, to, you know, going on a journey and really coming to this place of self-acceptance and self-love. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how this journey showed up in your life? Where did your challenges with yourself begin? Okay, sure. Um, well, as a child and young and teenager, I was very, very skinny. I mean, um, I found it pretty much impossible to put weight on, even though I ate like a horse. I mean, I was always eating, but I just couldn't seem to put weight on. And it seemed to be a bit of a family trend because my mum and my grandmother said that they had the same thing happen to them. But then they kept telling me that at the age of 21, um, they started, started putting weight on. So um, I didn't want to necessarily believe that because I mean, mind you at that age, I didn't really know much about how thoughts create actions kind of thing. Um, but 
as a teenager, I mean, when I left school and I went back for a reunion, my school friend said, oh my God, Kate, we thought you were anorexic at school because you were so thin. You were just so, so skinny. And then my friend said, yeah, you're either anorexic or bulimic. And I'm thinking, well, I was neither actually because I used to eat a lot. And I actually had a phobia of being sick. So I knew I wouldn't be able to be bulimic anyway. Um, so, but I think, well, I don't understand because I just, I just never, I didn't, nobody told me that they thought I was too skinny. Um, but then I was, I had a, my, my first kind of um, proper boyfriend about the age of 19. And he sometimes used to complain that when we were hugging, um, that my hips would dig into him because I was so bony. And that really upset me because there's nothing I could do around my hips. Because <laughs> I couldn't, I was actually trying to put the weight on. I was like, nothing I could do about that. Although my friends at work kept trying to fatten me up by buying me ice creams and stuff at break time, thinking that you've got to eat more ice creams. Thinking, I would eat plenty of rubbish food anyways, probably. <laughs> That's not helping. It's not helping at all. Yeah. But I felt very much that um, I was a very shy child. Um, I was very, I brought up in, a, in a, a very sort of Christian household where it was very much like no sex before marriage, don't dress too provocatively don't want to attract the wrong attention so I kind of grew up feeling that I wasn't really allowed to be feminine I wasn't really allowed to be sexy or really show off my curves so being skinny as well didn't help that because I had trouble with trying to find clothes that fit me because I had to put elastic in all of my trousers to just get them stay around my waist um, and I just felt I was very very shy and I found it very difficult in particular to talk to men um, because I didn't want to give them the wrong impression kind of thing because of the way I've been brought up so but anyway so my boyfriend that time the one that complained my hips dug into him he broke up with me because I wouldn't sleep with him um, and as many different boyfriends did at that time because that's that's how I felt that was how I was supposed to live um, and then I uh, met another boyfriend and were, I was with him for four years and I did start putting weight on. And when I was got to 21, I did start putting weight on. And I finally, I was at my ideal weight. And I was thinking, oh, wow, this is brilliant. I actually feel great. Um, I, but at the round nine, I was about age 19, I did get a chronic illness, which I still have. Um, and I think, and we actually, that's what it was, was putting the weight on for me because I wasn't able to exercise as much as I had before because of this chronic illness. Um, I have um, ME, which is a combination of chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Um, and so I find it difficult to exercise. Um, I get tired very, very quickly, uh, which is one of the reasons why I started doing all the training in the healing modalities because it really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and actually by training in those modalities, it, I actually stopped myself from being wheelchair bound and bed bound, which is amazing because so many people with ME just end up just going back to bed for seven or eight years and not ever leaving their bedroom. And thankfully, I just thought, I thought, I'm not going to be that, st that statistic. I pronounce it. <laughs> um, God, you get that word out. <laughs> and, Stati um, statistic. There you go. I got it for you. I know. It's, it's, it's a horrible <laughs> word. I can never get the word out. Because like, I used to stutter on the first bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think, you know, I, I've got all the tools here. I can heal myself. And I, and to a certain extent, I have healed myself. It's still in the background. It's still, I still get flare-ups, but not as many as I used to. And then when I do get one, I know what to do to help. I need to rest more. I need to take the right herbs and homeopathic remedies and essential oils and that kind of thing. I, mean, I don't take essential oils internally. I'm a bit, I've got, don't take them internally. But um, yeah, I kind of knew all the tools to help me. Mm -hmm. So I, so at age 21, as my mother and my grandmother predicted, I started putting weight on, um, but, but then it didn't stop and it kept going on. And they're thinking, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, why, why is it not stopping now? Why is that suddenly gone from being really skinny to suddenly my doctor's saying, oh, you're obese. And I'm thinking, what? I don't feel obese. I still feel thin inside. And even now, I still look down on myself and I think I'm perfect weight. I look at myself in the mirror going, ah, maybe not. <laughs> but who cares? But it's taken me a long time to get to that point of the who cares bit because for a long time when I was putting the weight on, I just felt frumpy and I felt like I was age beyond, I had age beyond, beyond my years. Um, and I, I really, really not my self-confidence because from going from a teenager to 
I don't know if we always like it, but being wolf whistles on the streets when you go past Builder site or something. So then going past Builder site, nobody batting an eyelid. And then I know that's a bit vain, but it's kind of like, it's a bit strange when you're growing up and thinking like, oh, now obviously I'm not attractive and, and people just see my weight and they don't see me. So it felt very difficult trying to get used to that and navigate that. So, um, but anyway, so that, when I was 21, that relationship broke up um for various reasons and I moved away and moved to my own flat for the first time after the first time living on my own properly which I absolutely loved and then I uh, met my husband online and meeting someone online was actually so much easier because you could just get to know the person without caring what weight they were what they looked like and um it was um yeah so we met so we, we started chatting um like january 2000 and we met in the april and he came stayed with me in my flat and from that moment i knew that i was in love but then <laughs> meant it a bit longer to work that bit out <laughs> but <laughs> he kind of knew it so he said later he said yeah i kind of knew it anyway but he was the first person the first man who ever looked at me and didn't care what size i was didn't care if i was too skinny didn't care if i was overweight didn't care if i had a really big tummy or a big bottom or big thighs or yeah I just didn't care he just he, he loved me for who I was and that was amazing for me because um I know even when I put weight on um I was gonna say oh, I'm so afraid I can't get into my favorite jeans anymore I can't get to my favorite top he said well don't worry just go and buy a new one just, just go and get some new clothes for you it's fine um and he's saying well, I love you the way you are I don't want you to change so I just i so whatever makes you happy is fine and it's, I don't I don't doesn't mean I don't really notice when you put weight on it just doesn't bother me mm-hmm. um and so it's it was that was real confidence booster for me but the thing that really helped to change my thinking about myself and about my body changing was when I first got pregnant and what the first my first pregnancy that actually went into full term because I've had several miscarriages as well um so my first daughter she'll be 14 in December um I can't believe that she's 14 so when I was pregnant with her um I did put more weight on um and I had a lot of trouble with the midwife and the doctors but they're thinking well I know you want a home birth but really we'd rather you in hospital I'm thinking you know I really really want a home birth and I almost got a home birth and then she got stuck so I had to go in hospital anyway unfortunately but when I was pregnant with her, it's the first time I felt feminine. It's the first time I felt like a real woman. I know it's daft, but it took that long to, to actually feel that. Um, but I actually felt like a goddess. I just felt like, oh my God, I've got this baby growing inside me. And I'm like, I am this vessel, this, this home for this beautiful baby that's going to be born in a few months. And I could feel her kicking and I could feel her interacting with me. And it was just the most amazing. I went around just, you know how, how women who are pregnant have that glow and they think, oh yeah, it's the hormones in the glow. No, it's, it's the glow is because you finally feel like you, your body is useful <laughs> in some ways. It's like, I'm here. The reason why I'm here, the reason why I am this happy is because finally my body is being used as it's meant to be, which is to give birth. And I'm not saying that everyone who chooses not to have babies doesn't feel like that because they do and they should do and they should find a way of feeling that way even if they choose not to have children. But at that moment, that was my kind of time. I really thought, oh my God, I actually feel like I am present in myself and I'm actually joyous about my body. And then when I gave birth, I had lots of stretch marks and all the usual like post-pregnancy stuff as I think, oh, I use these oils to get rid of stretch marks and oh, this will hurt, turn up the skin after birth and all this stuff. And I read, read this article, and I, I don't remember where I read this article, but I just, it popped up, I think, on Facebook at some point. And there's about a lady who wrote it and she said, don't think of your stretch marks as being a failure for your body. Think of them as tiger stripes. They're your tiger stripes. They're your badge of honour for housing and homing and creating a wonderful nurturing environment for that baby that you brought into the world and when she said that I'm thinking, oh my god that is so true so now I don't I don't try and get rid of my, my my tiger stripes they are part of me they're part of my 
my journey to becoming a mother um, and I had another baby a couple of years after so I've, had, I've got two girls now the one's almost 12 and the other one's almost 14 and I, I don't think of my stretch marks as being ugly I look at them and thinking no they 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 served a purpose they they stretched my belly to accommodate my beautiful daughters and they are there to remind me that I am a goddess I am a woman I am allowed to be feminine is I'm allowed to feel sexy in my body um, regardless of how my husband feels I mean thankfully he's always been great about that anyway but to me personally it's almost like a reminder to myself to like no okay this may be the body I've got now but that's great because this is who I'm meant to be I am now a mother I'm not the maiden anymore I'm in the mother stage of my life so so this is a great reminder to just accept my body and love my body because what an amazing thing I created by creating these girls um and so that really really helped me to accept myself um and I mean I'd love to have another baby um in the future um and I'm really hoping I do but it's just I probably feel happier about my body now than I've ever been because I I've understand that um, I'm, yeah okay I'm not a skinny person anymore which was when I was skinny I wasn't happy I wasn't allowed to be myself I wasn't allowed to be feminine I wasn't allowed to be attractive to boys because I felt that I was going to cause trouble for myself because of the way I've been brought up I wasn't allowed to actually be myself and I was painfully shy as painfully shy as a teenager and since having children and really kind of like accepting my body as it is yes i'm still overweight um but though when lockdown last year and so many people said oh we've eaten so much we keep putting weight i'd actually lost weight because i was doing more walking mm -hmm. i'd actually think we're only allowed to go out once a day for exercise i'm going to go as long as i can so I <laughs> it's like a hard walk every day with like, there's a good thing about having a dog is that you've got to get them out every day yeah so, yeah I found I found places in my neighborhood I didn't know existed going wow there's just a herbs down here it's bonus <laughs> so I was like I was going out for herb walks every day and I was literally like picking up picking off um like gorse flowers and eating them on the way around or rose petals they've, they've all gone over now but they've just got roses coming out now but yes yeah, so I was going around going oh my god there's loads of wild garlic here and I never knew that was there so it got me out it got me sparking my interest again with herbs and I started doing more herb stuff when I during lockdown as well but I actually lost weight during lockdown because mm -hmm. I was actually getting out and walking more and that made me feel better to myself because even though I'm still overweight and I probably always will be now but that doesn't matter um I I was finding my clothes are fitting me better and so just by losing a little bit of weight mm -hmm. also business confidence as well but I've started putting on a bit now because the weather's been so foul lately um but, but again I, I think you've I, so I want to just interrupt you because I feel like before we get too far ahead, I really just want to like capture the essence of your story because it's really powerful. <laughs> and I feel like if we get too, too far into the future, we're, we're going we're gonna to miss it, right? Because your story, yeah. and I know the first time that you and I spoke um, a few weeks back, it just, it, yeah. it captivated me. And I think because I'm a woman who does not have children, I don't have any children yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I love kids and I would love to have them someday. I think that your story about sort of going from the maiden to the mother and seeing your body as this, you know, vessel that creates life. That's something yeah. that I, I haven't gone through, but I think I know so many people have, and mm -hmm. there's such a, what's the word? There's like this toxicity in culture, right? The, the get your yeah. body back after yes, having a baby exactly. like like and it, even yeah. just those words coming out of my mouth like I feel like my whole body just cringed a little bit like just <laughs> yeah I know, <laughs> you know yeah exactly yeah. yeah but like what you did in your journey in your own beautiful way is you went I don't want this old body because number one I wasn't mm. ever really happy and number two I'm not that person anymore I'm like growing into this beautiful new exactly. stage of life and you like you went for it <laughs> right? yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. I, yeah it kind of it kind of got forced because it kind of gets forced on me that part because you suddenly realize I'm a, oh my god I'm not a I'm not a single woman anymore I'm now married b I'm now pregnant so I'm not like the childless woman anymore I'm now a mother and now I've got oh my god so many responsibilities for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it really shocks you when you first bring the baby home from hospital and it's like oh my god I've actually got to look at it on my own now mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I haven't got anyone to help me and then the husband took a go, I don't know how to change a nappy and I do find it funny how the midwife when they went, went to change the first nappy he said come on dad you have a go and he looked at me and went what and I'm like hey this is perfect go for it because I've Absolutely. been changing nappies a lot as a child I'm the eldest of nine children so I was changing nappies from about the age of 10 Right. So I was thinking, yeah, I always know, I put it down. I know how to do it. You, yeah, you need to learn how to do this. I, there's no problem. I know how to do this. Right. And it was a lot difficult when I started because we were like with the pens and everything with the reusable nappies. It's so much easier these days. Oh, yeah. The, the, the vel- like the Velcro? Like you just like, oh, you so much it? better. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. when I first used to change my brother's and sister's nappies, it was like the full with the square cloth folding into triangles and then like yeah. origami pretty much trying to put it on the baby's bum. And then with the huge huge nappy pins which like i'm so worried it's gonna stab the baby with them and it's like oh it's a human nightmares mm-hmm. but then thankfully mm-hmm. then when my my youngest my second youngest brother was born um we my mum started getting disposable nappies which is brilliant mm-hmm. but then i actually went back to, and i i actually reusable nappies with my girls because then i was really aware of the impact yeah. of the environment the amount of plastic against bins right. scary right um but yeah getting my husband to actually we're looking at this baby going oh what do we do now <laughs> you're like i'm a mother and guess what you're a father it comes with yeah. the de- like it's part of the package exactly. go learn yeah. go learn i know i know exactly so, but so, it's like so it's very much yeah no sorry go ahead finish it like, so it's very it was very much kind of like we were both starting a new period so mm-hmm. it's like me was becoming a mother him becoming a father and then but also trying to do that together as well so it really kind of helped our relationship as well as we were both trying to navigate uh, late night feeds and trying to, and this child that always seemed to be permanently hungry. Um, and and then me with still having the ME and having the tiredness of that and actually trying to navigate that with right. a lot of, with baby, with mom, new mom tiredness on top. And like, right. for 13 months, I didn't know how I was going to cope. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it's, a, but it's like, it's like a new, a new era um, mm-hmm. as from being like just a married couple to parents as well so yeah. it was very much ha- him having having him on on board with me um and me feeling basically like a a, a milking machine <laughs> most yeah. Of the time, yeah to yeah. be honest because <laughs> it's like going, it doesn't end um and but him still loving me and still being there for me and still seeing me as a woman because that's a bit I was worried also about was becoming a mother was that he would only then see me as a mother and not see me as a sexy wife anymore yeah and that's like that's I think every woman who's had a baby feels that way I think oh my god everything just looks weird I'm leaking all the time I mean I have a baby crying it's not even my baby and I start leaking and I think really yeah <laughs> my baby sleep yep. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, and in the middle of a I can't even collect it because I'm not at home and it's just <laughs> all these things I was constantly the only time I wear scarves actually this is when I was breastfeeding because it just hit the tops from, from mm. leaking. Mm. It was the only time I ever wore scarves. Mm. And, um, but yeah, so it's trying to kind of like, you get used to being a new mum to, to sleepless nights, which I didn't really mind so much because I'm a bit of a na- night owl anyway, um, to, but to all the bodily functions <laughs> going on with after giving birth and trying to get used to everything. But then to still have your partner there still seeing you as the woman he married or lived with lives with rather um and not just seeing you as the mother mm. but then it also from their point of view because I was talking to my husband about this a few years ago and he's saying well it was a bit weird for me because I didn't didn't know if I should touch you because I didn't know whether you're still in pain after giving birth or I didn't know if I'd hurt you by making love to you or or didn't want to hug you too hard because you're because obviously your breasts were <laughs> leaking. leaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if I didn't want to kind of like, I didn't want to overstep the mark kind of thing. Yeah. So he was like holding back in to try and give me space. But then I was also trying to think, no, don't hold back because that makes you feel like you're stepping back and you're like, you're not seeing me as a woman. And right. then so we, so that was a bit of a navigation with us as well, was that. And also he was working away during the week and only home at weekends. So I felt very much like a single mum <laughs> during mm. the week, which is very, very weird. Yeah. So we've got a newborn. Yeah. But, 
but yeah so it's, it's kind of looking at it from both sides is, is remembering that the men sometimes don't quite know how to navigate that new stage in your life either they don't know can I still can we still try even though like obviously if the first six weeks probably best not because everything's trying to heal but after that thinking well is it okay if I hug you or is it okay if I touch you or is it going to cause pain is it going to um is are you going to like be repulsed by going no I'm a mother now therefore don't touch me because some women do have that reaction as well they mm. um I had I mean with my second daughter I had postnatal depression but it didn't kick in until a year after I gave birth to her or almost a year after I gave birth to her which is a bit of a shock for me because when you're pregnant and you're going to antenatal classes they're all saying oh yeah watch out for baby blues it kind of starts around like sort of first second week um and yeah this kind of things to watch up but nobody tells you actually that can start up to a year after you've given birth yeah. nobody tells you that yeah. and I had quite a bad pregnancy for my second one because um when she was six weeks old I ended up in hospital in intensive care because I had um, acute severe pancreatitis and I was in hospital for two weeks in intensive care and right at the point where I just got into a, a breastfeeding kind of not schedule as such but a routine like a really strong and with my first daughter I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding her because I, she was born by a c-section by emergency c-section because she got completely stuck um and c-section babies very often can't breastfeed because they haven't well when they're pushed when the baby's pushed through the birth canal it's like it kind of squeezes the liquid out of their lungs and it kind of activates the sucking reflex but when babies are born by c-section they don't have that kind of reflex activated because of the way they're born mm. so uh, my first daughter found it very difficult to latch on and breastfeeding was a nightmare and I really felt I failed as a mother because I wasn't able to breastfeed my daughter and that was horrible because I think you know, I thought babies knew how to do this yeah and they don't my second daughter yeah no problem because she's born naturally and she had that reflex straight off the bat um but so yes yeah, so that's another thing was trying to navigate motherhood as well my firstborn so I felt that I wasn't being a proper mother because I couldn't feed my child. Yeah. Um, and that brought on a little bit of postnatal depression. And then my midwife was saying, no, you have not doing anything wrong. It's just, it's just, it's just the way it is. So she went to bottle fed very quickly. Although she did luckily get some of my milk in the first few days, thank God. So she got the important stuff and the colostrum at the right very beginning. But um, for, it took me really until I was breastfeeding my second daughter to really let go of the kind of, the disappointment and um, the grief, really. It's the only thing I can describe it as grief, is not being able to feed your own child. Yeah. Um, to, re to really let go of that when I had my second daughter, and thankfully she breastfed really easily, which is brilliant. And I absolutely love breastfeeding. And not everyone does. My mum hated it. Um, but I really loved breastfeeding. But then, unfortunately, as she was six weeks, and literally it was the first night she slept through the night, um, I ended up in hospital. And then because I was on morphine and oxygen and all sorts of things in the hospital, my milk dried up and that really upset me. After finally getting a baby that knew what to do and having this love, amazing relationship with my baby, trying to breastfeed her mm -hmm. um, and then not being able to breastfeed her. That was again, another learning curve, trying to, trying to get used to not being able to breastfeed my daughter yeah. um, after the struggles I had the first time and then kind of then feeling very much like a failure again because I still couldn't feed my daughter <laughs> I was trying you know to try and get my milk started again but it just didn't work um so yeah so that was like another stage of motherhood where I had to then kind of navigate and try and, and try and work out okay this is not my fault it's just circumstances that caused this it's not I didn't do anything it's just unfortunately the illness caused it yeah um and trying to just trying again trying to settle back into myself again and feel comfortable in my skin and actually um connect back to myself and actually and though this is me and yes I'm a mother and yes that that didn't happen but I've got to forgive myself because I did nothing wrong at this point right. and it's been it's trying to forgive yourself because mothers we blame ourselves all the time it's like my youngest daughter was autistic and I all I kept when I sort of, we're still trying to go through the assessment to try and get her diagnosed officially at the moment um, and all the time I'm thinking is there something I did wrong was it something that happened in pregnancy what what have I done this differently what if I hadn't taken that cough medicine what is anything I did I do anything to cause this 
and mothers were always doing this, even when our kids have grown up. I mean, my mum says it now. I mean, um, I might say my mum's got nine kids, and I think two of them now live, but you know, one of them still lives at home. And she's even now. She said, "Well, well, why?" Because the three of three of my uh, siblings are gay, and even my mum blames herself for that. She says, mm. well, what, "What did I do? What yeah. did I do to make them gay?" And no, no, you, mum, you can't think that way because that is nothing to do with you. That's just the way they are. Um, and with my with my youngest daughter now identifying as being a lesbian or pansexual, she my my mother was saying, "Well, I think all she needs is extra love." Or she just needs someone to love. I said, no, it's not. It's not that. She really identifies as being a lesbian. Right. She she literally mm-hmm. looks at men going, Ugh, I'm not interested in having <laughs> yeah. a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and 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 has, you've got to accept her. That's how she feels. Yeah. And that's what she believes. And that's fine. And then and she says, well, well, how how can you how can you even kind of like relate to her when she's like that? And thinking because she's my daughter. And my daughter comes. She comes to me all the time. All the time. It breaks my heart. Because um, it's just, are you okay with being a lesbian? Are you okay with it? And I'm thinking, God, my, yes. Why would I not be? Yeah. He said, well, because yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I feel like you're upset because um, I won't have a boyfriend and I won't have kids. Yeah. And I said, well, if you want kids, you still have kids. That's not going to stop you. There are ways to do that. And I said, yeah, but I, I think you always thought that I was going to have a boyfriend. I said, I don't, I want you to be happy. I don't care whether you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or you have a best friend as a cat. I don't. I mean, you probably will actually have a cat because she loves cats. But <laughs> she. But I said I don't. It doesn't bother me. I just want you to be happy, and I want you to be happy in your own skin, and I want you to be. To know how, know your own worth, because she has very, very low self-esteem, yeah. and really low self-confidence, and it's trying to help her. This is why I try and do with my daughters is I try and help them to be comfortable in their own skin and i'm saying i mean even like from when i was pregnant with them i was like telling them you can be anything you want in this life there's nothing in this world that you can't do absolutely nothing you can be anything anything you want mm. and even when they're growing up and they're sitting there and then and they're saying well i want to do this is that okay so you don't ask my permission it's just your life you do what you want to do in your life i'll be there to support you no matter what it is um and it's, it's it, so when you have this you have this acceptance in your own body it's really important to teach that to your daughters because they have enough problems with peer pressure at school going you're too skinny you're too fat you're ugly even though i don't believe any child is ugly um and the, the kids at school can be so cruel so yeah. cruel and you're thinking like well where is that coolness coming from yeah and it is because their parents don't didn't know how to have that conversation with their children going this is not how you behave this is how if you treat everyone with love and respect you will receive love and respect and then that person's going to feel much better for receiving that love and respect as well and so it, trying to teach my daughters to be happy in their own skin and to not care we might my eldest daughter can go oh i've got such a fat tummy you know they can go oh come on <laughs> no you do not mm. <laughs> you want a big tummy this is a big tummy i've got mm. a big tummy but i got because I had big babies yeah um you're flat as a pancake the way you go it's not you're not you're not fat in the slightest um and you said and I, and I said well people keep saying I'm I'm, I'm like quite big and I think but you're not you're actually really perfect weight for your size and your age you're actually you're perfect and even if you were a bit podgy you'll still be perfect but you've got to understand that who you are on the outside isn't who you are on the inside yeah but you've got to be happy with yourself on the inside yeah. And then accept the person on the outside going, well, this is part of me. This, yeah. I, this, is, this is my body. Yes, everyone sees it, but it doesn't matter. And, I, and actually, there's one quote I absolutely love. And it's by, I think it's by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's, other people's opinions of me are none of my business. Absolutely. I, really, yes. I love that quote. Yes. I love it. And I tell that to my daughters all the time. And I say, other people's opinions of you are none of your business. It's their opinion. It's not your opinion of yourself. It's how they see you. But that's not important. Yeah. It's not important how they see you. How you feel in your own body and how, feel, how you feel about yourself and how grounded and present you feel in your own body. And, and okay, this is me. This is who I am. And stand proud and be you. And don't try and change yourself for other people because that never works. That, that won't make it happen. 
happy. It will, it will never make you happy. It will never make anybody happy to try to change yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've done that in the past. Yeah, with past boyfriends, there was one boyfriend I had and my mom said, you really changed when you were with him. And it's because he was actually quite um, narcissist. I think the best way of putting it. And I tried to fit into what he wanted. And then as a result, I wasn't me at all. Mm. And only when I left him, Mm-hmm. And then I met my husband that I realized, oh, my God, I can actually I'm allowed to be me now. Yeah. And, I, and I complete, I'm completely daft for my husband. I mean, I was never able to be like this. My other boyfriends, I wasn't allowed to be myself. I wasn't allowed to sing myself my voice in the car. I wasn't allowed to do daft stuff. Like we have tinsel fights at Christmas. Yep. I wasn't allowed to do that with boyfriends because that was like silly and childish. Yep. But my husband and I, we. Our favourite task is uh, this time of year is go to the beach and build the biggest sandcastle on the beach with a big boat around it and stand on top as the tide's coming in and try and stay there as long as possible without getting washed off. Fun. You know, and we know we're doing this in our, our 20s, 30s, and 40s, sort it now. And the amount of times we get these kids looking going, what are they doing? Yeah. But then sure enough, then <laughs> five minutes they're trying to compete with us of course it's brilliant they just you know, set off this like row of sandals which go, we can do that too yeah 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 <laughs> so like, giving permission to play it's brilliant. yeah it's brilliant <laughs> yeah 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 so kate i want to know i mean the, the podcast is self-love ignited right so we really want like your relationship with yourself i want yeah. to know do you identify with the term self-love or this journey that you've gone on really embracing motherhood and embracing your tiger stripes and learning to feel really comfortable being yourself is that self-love or is that self-acceptance like is there a term that feels most true for you um I think self-acceptance is a huge part of it but it's learning to feel happy with mm. yourself mm-hmm. it's, it's not just accepting yourself it's actually going actually I'm happy and if that that can be called self-love I mean yeah I've, I, there are so many parts of my body I don't love mm-hmm. but I'm learning to and I think there's, there's always going to be a part of me that's going to think oh if I can only lose weight I'll feel happier but then I then I correct myself and you might know because I had to remember what I was like when I was then and I wasn't happy Right, and that was that's I think that's the biggest wake up call, the biggest wake up call for me when I was trying to accept my weight, um, and yeah, so I think accepting who you are right now, and then learning to love that, um, but more than anything, just being happy within, and actually, you know, actually, I'm. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now, because. I'm actually feeling the most confident in my life that I've ever felt. Yeah. And yeah, there's still loads of things to navigate with parenting that are always going to be there, which challenge you every single day, um, especially as a mother, really challenges you. Am I doing the right thing, etc. But if I know that I'm happy within myself and that I, I know that I can, there's lots of things I can improve, I can work on. But at the end of the day, thinking, no, actually, this is probably the happiest I've ever been because I've accepted this is me yeah and I'm finally feeling um connected to my body and like the whole of my body is me and just not ju- not just the me inside ignoring what I look like on the outside yeah, yeah. so yeah so I think self-acceptance is probably the biggest part which helps you to then be happy in your own skin yeah and that leads to self-love but I think the self-love part I think takes a lot longer to actually yeah. grasp but yeah. if you just work on being happy within yourself and not looking yourself in the mirror and going, oh, and just like look at yourself going, OK, I've got a few wrinkles. Yeah, OK, I'm looking older. Um, I've got grey hairs. So I don't want any. I don't really want grey hairs. So it makes me feel like I'm 30 years old when I am. Um, but this is who I am at the moment. And actually, I'm healthy at the moment. And I know I'm doing the best I can for myself, for my children. Mm-hmm. And I also have a business that I love. And I'm finally feeling like everything's starting to slot into place, even though my body isn't quite as what I want it to be at this age. But then that's part of the aging process as well. So it's like it's being settled and not settling. It's kind of not quite the same. But it's more just being present in your own body and accepting yourself. This is me now. Yeah. It might change again in 10 years. I might lose loads of weight and go back to being skinny, but still being happy. 
right which would be amazing also yeah to have that kind of like about turn but then still feeling happy and and confident as a skinny person which I haven't felt that so that could be a whole new ball game which might may or may not happen in 10 15 20 years or whatever yeah. um but right this moment I am actually I'm I, I'm not feeling repulsed by my body I'm actually this is me and actually I'm glad this is me because I say this is the happiest I've been for a long time so yeah. I think yeah I think that's, self-acceptance comes first and that's then, beautiful yep yeah Sorry, then yeah. happiness yeah yeah and it, it's I really I love what I love what you said there too because like I I say you're mirroring a lot of what I say in little bits and pieces everywhere right it's like self-love is like the end goal right it's it's like the umbrella that all of this falls yeah, underneath exactly. so really it's like yeah. step into acceptance and happiness and learn to appreciate all the amazing things yeah. about yourself and all the amazing things about your body and, exactly. grow, and grow and change and do all of that but like yeah. do it do it from this place of like love and kindness and compassion instead of hatred and loathing and yes, re- and rejecting exactly. parts of yourselves right yeah. like like it's exactly. this it's it's really just in how you approach the whole thing and it completely changes your life that decision yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah so Kate if there was as we're getting ready to wrap up I'm just conscious of the time um as we <laughs> are getting ready to wrap up is there one last piece of advice one um maybe a book that was helpful or a practice that you did is there one thing that you would maybe recommend to listeners who are stuck in that place where you used to be before you embraced your tiger stripes um well lots of the energy healing that I did on myself and actually I trained in was a huge part of accepting myself because it helped to peel back the layers to where it started where the um feelings of feeling inadequate or not feeling like a a woman or it really opened my eyes to where it started and, and where it stemmed from and I felt that, and that's why I trained in it, because I thought I really wanted to help other people with it as well. Um, and it was, I think that was the turning point, because I looked at my life and thinking, oh, actually, that wasn't actually my fault that happened. That happened because of the way I was conditioned as a child or the experiences that I had as a teenager. And, and actually, when I look at it, yeah, okay, there were nice things about this relationship, but really, at the very bottom line, it wasn't a very healthy relationship, because it made me feel this way. And so by peeling back those layers and really getting down to the root cause of my feelings um, and where it came from, that really helped me start healing and re-looking at myself and my life and thinking, actually, that wasn't my fault. I can change this and I can change this. So I start feeling this way. And by feeling this way, then all this amazing stuff starts happening. Um, and I, I think because when I, when, I, when I did this healing work, on myself it really I think that at that point because I was having a lot of trouble getting pregnant with my first daughter I had two miscarriages before I had her and it's because I was still in stuck in that kind of oh I, I don't I wasn't very happy I tried to start my own business at that point it hadn't gone very well um I wasn't happy where I lived even though I was married I was happy in that sense um and when I actually started doing that work on myself before I got pregnant by clearing those layers then I started feeling more accepting of myself. And then I, I, I moved back, I moved back home, back down to Cornwall. I was living in Reading at that time near London. And I moved back to Cornwall. And when I moved back to Cornwall, I realized I was coming home. But by coming home, I was coming home as, as an adult, because I pretty much left as a child, as a teenager. And I was coming back as an adult. And then I was a different person coming back. Therefore, because I was happy in my own skin when I came back, I then I got pregnant and I actually stayed pregnant and my first my first daughter was born and I think if I hadn't done all that healing work on myself beforehand I may have still had all that self-loathing for myself yeah. and like my body was changing so much yeah. um with the illness for putting the weight on and I was really trying to get you I couldn't get used to that I find it very difficult to get used to the weight going on suddenly um but it helped me to understand why the weight went on what the root cause was behind it with the illness and everything and once I understood that and started peeling those layers away then I actually found that space where I started being happy in myself and then that opened the doors like the baby going oh mummy's ready now let's go yeah <laughs> and I yeah. really felt that was like the turning point for me so I think 
yeah I, I think energy healing um and i was i was trained in theta healing mm-hmm. um, but i also got to do other um i do angel therapy and i do mandala art sessions as well beautiful um is where we, we do a kind of like we focus on something you want to focus on and i draw this mandala to represent that and then you get to keep the original painting and then you get to put it on your wall and you can look at it and again this is what this mandala represents this is these are the and i do like a whole it's like a um, an intuitive healing session it's kind of like a, a coaching session but i also call upon the um angels and spirit guides that are present around you as well for their input and what's coming through for you and what needs to be let go of in order to get to this point and having all of those different healing modalities the different spiritual healing it really just helped me to accept myself i am this being of light i am a spiritual being having a human experience and that's the biggest part is like okay i this body yeah. is just the human part of me but the real me is the spiritual part inside me yeah and spiritual part of me has got so many different facets so many different ways to go so many different things to explore and to learn about and that's why i just i'm 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 qualified in so many different healing modalities because i just love everything about healing all different that's from heaven medicine to aromatherapy to yep. homeopathy to astrology everything i just like a, a big sponge i really want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story of stepping into self-acceptance and happiness and learning to feel really good within your body and embracing motherhood. And I just, I really appreciate you and I appreciate your time and your willingness to be open with us. So thank you so much for being here. thank Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.